I don't know anymore, guys. I, I really, I don't know anymore what a Big 12 football season or a college football season is going to look like as of today. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. Part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you and spending a few minutes on the show uh, talking about the biggest stories of the day and the week. So, and before we get it rolling, let me ask you that weekly favor. And if you haven't done it yet, I know many of you are just holding off and waiting. But please leave us that rating and review and subscribe to the podcast. It helps us continue to grow. And I will send you as my token of appreciation a Heartland College Sports koozie. Yep, I just got a new fresh batch in. They're ready for you. Leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Thanks so much. I want to do something with you that I do each and every year, and that is put together a dream Big 12 football road trip for the upcoming season. I did it differently this year because we don't know what the non-conference is going to look like. I believe we're going to play college football. I believe we're going to have a full conference slate, and the NCAA actually announced on a Tuesday of this week that they are going to let college football teams move up to an August 29th start date instead of September 5th, which was going to be the official week one start of the college football season. That leads me to believe that these teams want to play a full slate, at least the Big 12. We know the Big 10 and the uh, Pac-12 are out for a full 12-game schedule. But the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC have been like, we want to play if we can. And that's what I think is going to happen. But there will be some tweaks and bumps along the way. So I'm going to put together and, and go along with you on my dream Big 12 football road trip. But here's the catch, okay? It's not simply the best game every week. That would be too easy. The catch here is you have to go to every Big 12 stadium at least once. And we're going to do just a conference-only slate since we don't know what the non-conference is going to look like here, even as of uh, late July. So let's get it going. I'm going to start the season September the 12th, Baylor at home against Kansas. And you might say, whoa, Baylor, Kansas, there's a real hot one to open up the season. All right, it's not a can't-miss game. I'm not pretending that it is. But it's the first Big 12 game of the season. All right, and Baylor, it's going to be, you know, Dave Aranda time, new head coach. We get a look at what Les Miles might be able to work with in year two, if anything, no idea. But I'm just saying, first Big 12 game in Waco, new regime. Baylor fans are fired up. If fans are going to be there at all, tailgating, whatever it might be, uh, I want to be there. All right? I want to be there for my hypothetical dream Big 12 road trip in 2020. So I'm starting off with the first Big 12 game of the season. That's Baylor against Kansas at uh, Saturday, September 12th in Waco. Next, we go to Morgantown, West Virginia against Kansas State. And you know what? As someone who's been to Morgantown in December, I'll take Morgantown in late September every time. Uh, so let's get it going with the Mountaineer faithful. Warm, sunny, beautiful, and once again, don't know what the season is going to look like, but it will be, if you can tailgate, if you can have fun, Morgantown is a damn, damn good time. But it'll also be telling because this game is going to feature Kansas State's revamped offensive line. Remember, brand new offensive line for the... Uh, for the Wildcats this year against arguably the best defensive line in the Big 12 led by Darius Stills, the Big 12's preseason defensive player of the year. 
that's a lot of good storylines in a game that will also tell us if K-State is going to be able to duplicate last year's uh, success or if it's going to be West Virginia that maybe starts building in year two under Neil Brown. That will be a telling early season game for both teams. Saturday, October 3rd, I'm going Morgantown all the way to Lubbock where Texas Tech takes on the Mountaineers. I'm following the Mountaineers for two weeks in a row. Uh, Longest road trip in the Big 12, but both of these teams last year came up one game short of bowl eligibility last season. Whoever wins this game will have a big leg up on taking that next step in year two under the current head coach. And while I get it, it's not the sexiest game on the schedule. Remember, you've got to hit every Big 12 stadium at least once. So I'm going to Lubbock October 3rd for Texas Tech against West Virginia. On Saturday, October 10th, we're going to the Sunflower Showdown. Kansas State at home against Kansas. Now, here's the deal. You might say, well, this is Red River Rivalry Weekend. I, you know, come on. Well, hold on. That game's not played in the Big 12 Stadium, okay? And we're going to see plenty of Oklahoma and Texas down the home stretch. This, to me, is a chance to see this game, uh, rivalry game, see if KU can build it all on last year's blowout loss to Kansas State. And if you want some momentum, if you're less miles in year two, beat your rival. It's never a bad way to get a little mojo behind a program. All right, it's not. Now, K-State should still be a heavy favorite. Chris Kleiman should still win this game. But if there's ever going to be something fun or crazy happening in a game where it's probably at least a two-touchdown spread, why not have it be in a rivalry game involving Les Miles, right? Why not do that? All right, Saturday, October 17th, Iowa State at home against Oklahoma. Uh, This game has been really good the last few years. The last four meetings between these two teams – They have all been decided by 10 points or less. Of course, there was the shocking 2017 Iowa State victory that nobody saw coming as, what, a 38-point underdog, I think it was. And then last year, a one-point loss at OU after Iowa State went for the two-point conversion and the win but came up short. Uh, This could be a team or a game that is a preview of the Big 12 championship game. It's not crazy to think that's possible, okay? It's not. And we could see a preview of that on this Saturday, October 17th, up in Ames between Iowa State and Oklahoma. It's a heck of a matchup to keep an eye on, and I would not miss that up in Ames on the 17th. Saturday, October 24th, we're going to Norman. We're following the Sooners back home for Bedlam against Oklahoma State. And speaking of potential Big 12 championship game matchups, this is one that Oklahoma State is hoping to get in on the mix on. Now, we know that Mike Gundy has been terrible against OU. For all of the success Mike Gundy has had as the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, he is 2-13 and against OU. If there's ever a year to break the curse, outside of the fact that he's got to go on the road, but you know what? He's got to go on the road, and there's likely to not be a lot of fans there, if any at all. So you're going to be on the road, but it's going to be a neutral site environment, basically. You have the more experience on both sides of the ball, at quarterback, at key skill positions. You've got the best running back in the country. You've got, what, 10 of 11 back on defense. If there's a time for Mike Gundy to get over the proverbial OU hump, this is the game. This is the season. This is what it's about. So uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, Bedlam's moved up this year, right? Usually, uh, really since uh, realignment, Bedlam's been the final weekend of the season. It's not the case this year. First time in a long time. So that's an interesting uh, 
quirk to this whole thing as well. On Halloween, Saturday, October 31st, we go to Fort Worth, TCU, against Oklahoma. Third straight game with the Sooners. Don't worry, that's breaking next week. Uh, But not a bad thing necessarily because it's a big three-game stretch for Lincoln Riley's program. And anytime you get Gary Patterson's defense in mind against Lincoln Riley's offense, it's fun. And last year, TCU, despite the fact that it struggled, almost pulled it off. They lost 28-24 to OU. But since joining the Big 12, uh, Gary Patterson and the Horn Frogs are just 1-8 and eight against the Sooners. They're home for this game. Um, if they can get an offense going under Jerry Kill, maybe this game has a little more intrigue to it than we should expect. Saturday, November 7th, we are going to Lawrence, Kansas, where KU takes on Texas. Well, we got to go to Lawrence for a game at some point, right? That's just the reality that's based on the rules that I put into place. you got to go to each Big 12 stadium once in my dream Big 12 football road trip. Why not Texas, right? A couple of years ago, KU pulled off the upset against Texas, and that led to Charlie Strong basically getting the boot. And Les Miles sneaks up on teams when you least expect it. And Tom Herman's at times has had a knack for playing up or down the competition. For his sake, I hope it's not this game, but... As a Kansas City resident, you can't beat this part of the world in early November. It's absolutely beautiful. So let's get out to Lawrence. Let's have a great tailgate, hypothetically, and um, soak in KU Texas on Saturday, November 7th. Also, that is the day before my wife's birthday. So selfishly, I'm like in my hypothetical dream road trip. I go to the KU game. I'm back home basically a half hour later for her birthday on Sunday. Saturday, November 14th, Iowa State. Home against Baylor. Ames is the only place we're going to twice in this uh, in this hypothetical road trip. And here's the deal. Iowa State and Baylor uh, played an awesome game early in the 2019 season. It set the tone for both teams. Iowa State losing close games, Baylor winning close games. That's what happened last year. It's two of the best defenses in the conference. That's a change of pace from usually the high-octane offenses. And that could be the case once again this year. So we take a break from the offensive-minded nature of the conference. We get a nice defensive battle in mid-November. And one of these two teams could find themselves in a surprise uh, Big 12 title contender type status here come November 14th. So we're going Iowa State-Baylor in mid-November. We're closing out the season. Two more weeks, Saturday, November 21st, Texas versus Iowa State. Second straight week, we're finding ourselves following the Cyclones. And these last two games for Texas could decide at least one of, if not both of the teams playing in the Big 12 championship game. But first, Texas will likely have to get through this game. And it pits two of the best, you know, young power five head coaches against each other in Tom Herman and Matt Campbell. This game has all the makings of having huge implications in the Big 12 race. And it is going to be a lot of fun down in Austin. And we wrap up the season on Black Friday. Friday, November 27th, Oklahoma State, home to Texas. Think about that. Back-to-back games for Texas wrapping up the regular season. Home to Iowa State at Oklahoma State. These three teams all think they can play against Oklahoma in the Big 12 title game, and I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. It's OU's conference until somebody knocks them off the top perch. So all these three teams, Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, play each other in some capacity those last two weeks with Texas getting each team back-to-back. And Mike Gundy and Tom Herman, two big-time personalities, on Black Friday with potentially a trip to the Big 12 title game on the line. 
No way in hell I'm missing that. No way. Not a chance. And that wraps up my hypothetical 2020 Big 12 football road trip. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, coming up, let's talk to Derek Duke, our own heartlandcollegesports.com columnist, Derek Duke, about what's happening on the college football front. He's next. Well, hopefully inching closer towards a college football season, but who the heck knows at this point. Let's say hello to Derek Duke. You read him all the time at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Uh, Derek, we've got a Big 12 Media Day, and I use that word singular because it is one day coming up on Monday. Uh, Going to be different, virtual this year, no players, just the coaches. Uh, what are you looking forward to, and what are you kind of going to be keeping an eye on here as we get ready for Media Day coming up this Monday? Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from some of these coaches. It's been a while since we, you know, Media Days feels like last year's Media Days feels about like it was five years ago. But <laughs> That's I'm just so happy. True. I'm just happy we're getting some sort of football back, and we always say this is kind of the unofficial start of football season. So, I want to see what these coaches have to say, how they felt like they prepared, and. Most importantly, what what their kind of plan B is in case what happens if you know a player gets sick or somebody goes out, what is their backup plan at this point? I'd be curious to hear the coaches kind of go through that. Most importantly, at least we're getting some football back. And also, I guess the other plus side of it for us side in the media, you know, we don't even have to wear pants to this thing. We're just going to be on a virtual media day. So it'll be fun as well. Just what everyone wants to think about on Monday, Derek Duke sitting behind the computer with no pants on watching Tom Herman give a press conference. That is uh, quite a sight there, Derek. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> uh, so as you look at kind of team by team, we've only got one new coach this year in Dave Aranda. Last year we had, what, four new head coaches at media day. So when you think about like a top storyline this year or a couple of top storylines, what are the things that that pique your interest that come to mind as we look ahead to hopefully a semi-normal 2020 college football season? Well, Dave Aranda would certainly be on that list of mine for that because not only is he the incoming coach, but he was a defensive coordinator for the national championship LSU team last year. So I'd yeah. love to hear some of the stories from that. Uh, see what he's doing, what he's going to try to do to keep building that program that Matt Rule did such a great job at building over the years. What is going to be that next step for Baylor? Because this is really a crucial season for them. They lose so many pieces across the board on offense, on defense, but Charlie Brewer is coming back at quarterback. So I want to see what Charlie Brewer's kind of health is going to be this year as well. I want to see what he does. And the other two teams I always think about when it comes to maybe from the outside looking in a bit, Iowa State, I would love to, you always love to hear what Matt Campbell has to say at media day. It seems like he always says the right things. And if you remember last year, they were like the media day darling last mm-hmm. year. Everybody was talking about Iowa State. So I want to see if they can have a bounce back year from a season ago, what they're going to be prepared to do, if they can take that next step that they were trying to do last year. And always I like to hear from Tom Herman as well, just kind of see what comes out of his mouth as well as Mike Gundy. It seems like those two are always in the headlines for some reason or another. So that's interesting because I agree. Matt Campbell, Iowa State, they were the media darlings last year. They ended up losing a lot of close games, and they didn't meet those expectations. They're in that mix again this year, uh, Derek. You know, you've got Oklahoma at the top until somebody proves otherwise. Then you have this combination of Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State. Should we back off on the Iowa State expectations because of what happened last year, or are you still pushing them towards the top of the list? I'd still have to push them towards that top of that list. I would not be surprised at all if they found their way in the Big 12 title game. Whenever you have a senior returning quarter, or excuse me, a returning quarterback like Brock Purdy, that is just huge from a confidence boost. But 
we talk about that veteran quarterback. Whenever it seems like you have a veteran quarterback in this league, you're always poised to have a much better season than you were if you didn't have one. So that's a plus. Uh, Brees Hall returning at running back seems like he's a superstar in the making. Uh, obviously, with uh, Colart, Charlie Colart, tight end, they have some weapons on the outside. Uh, the defense, to me, they returned nine starters from a year ago from a defense that was very good. I expect them to even maybe be a little bit better than last season. Don't forget Jaquan Bailey returning on the edge to, for, to probably – maybe it could be a guy that leads the Big 12 in sacks. The only question, and I felt like I asked this last year and for the past two years of Iowa State, they lose a lot up front on that offensive line. For me, their season hinges on what the offensive line can do. If they can get some formidable play up front, I expect Iowa State to make a lot of noise. If not, I expect them to be maybe in that three to four spot. But if they can, that'd be great. But we just haven't seen it from Iowa State on the offensive line the past couple of years. We just need to see them take a step forward. So which team, Derek, outside of those top four that I just mentioned, are you uh, thinking about for Monday and saying to yourself, geez, I'm intrigued to see what this coach who is not projected to be in, you know, the top three, four teams of the Big 12 I'm intrigued to see what this coach is going to say. Who would this coach be for you? I'd probably go with Matt Wells from Texas Tech. Most importantly, last year, let's just face it, he coached his butt off last year. They were in games that they had no business being in. I remember remember the Baylor game. They were probably a missed call away from winning that game. And who knows what Baylor season looks like after that. Obviously, yeah, they lost to Kansas. That was horrible. But other than that, they were in so many games where I didn't expect them to be in, even in the Oklahoma State game as well so they they were in so many games they probably shouldn't have been in and on top of that they did it without starting quarterback Alan Bowman number one I want to know what his health status is going to be like if Alan Bowman's healthy for Texas Tech it is a completely different team they're probably going to bump up at least two or three wins in my book if he's healthy as their starting quarterback but that's just the problem he hasn't been healthy I'm also to see what they look like on defense. Losing Jordan Brooks is going to hurt. Uh, their secondary is going to need some work as well. So they're going to kind of need to revamp that defense a little bit. But if Allen Bowman can stay healthy, I think this is a team that's very interesting to me. Now, are they going to make you know a bunch of noise in the Big 12? I doubt it. But could they upset somebody? Probably so. I wouldn't be surprised at all. So for me, it's going to be Matt Wells from Texas Tech. Les Miles is always great at media day, whether it was LSU, Oklahoma State, now at KU. But remember last year, Derek, it was kind of awkward. Remember how awkward that was with Les Miles? It kind of seemed like his head was in the clouds. It was just, I remember having a weird vibe down there at Jerry World coming out of Les Miles' press conference. Uh, What should we expect from Les Miles and this KU team here as we look ahead? Well, I certainly remember that, Pete. I remember looking at you, and I remember, I think, wrote it, writing that article. It seemed like maybe you had a couple of vodka drinks before you <laughs> took the stage. It did. Uh, but, but from Kansas' standpoint, I think the biggest question mark for me, and it has been for a while, they had Carter Stanley a couple, for a couple years now. He's gone now. So is it going to be Thomas McVitie at quarterback, the transfer? If he's going to be the guy, I want to see if it's going to be him or if it's Miles Kendrick, the, uh, the superstar athlete uh, coming out of the California Junior College. So – Who's going to be their quarterback to me? That's going to be a huge question mark. Obviously, Puka Williams, the junior, returns at running back. He's one of the best in the Big 12 to do it, one of the best in the country for that matter. Another thing to keep an eye on for their Kansas uh, is going to be their offense. I just mentioned Puka Williams coming back. They returned three of their top four wideouts. Andrew Parchment, Stephon Robinson are leading the way for those guys. So they have the offensive pieces. They need a little work up front. So if they can get some decent quarterback play, their offense, to me, is not going to be bad. It's just not rank at the bottom like it has been. Now, on the flip side of that, they're, they only returned two starters up front on their defensive line, and their defense last year was just a complete mess. It seemed like when their offense finally got their stuff together, their defense just had this massive collapse. 
So on that side of the football, they need a lot, a lot of work, and they lose a bunch of their starting uh, starters from last year. So I'm really curious to see what that side of the ball is going to look like. Offensively, they could be fine, but defensively is still a huge question mark for me for Kansas. And what about Bob Bowlesby here, Derek, as we wrap it up? I mean, Bob Bowlesby, I think he's handled this thing great so far. He hasn't uh, pulled the trigger too early like I think the Big Ten or Pac-12 has done. He's got a week-by-week steady approach. I'm interested to see what he says on Monday. What are your thoughts on how Bob Bowlesby done, has done so far? Well, it's been a while since we've heard anything from Bob Bowlesby that's been interesting at media days, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, usually, I always say, if you ever want to go to sleep, Bob put some Bob's Bowlesby, interview, Bob Bowlesby interviews on there because he seems to do a good job at that. But this is the first year where I can remember probably six, since the expansion time where I'm really, really interested to see what Bob Bowlesby has to say. And like you mentioned, out of all the commissioners across the country, I felt like he's done a great job at not just kind of pulling stuff from his rear end and making these rash decisions. He's going to wait. He's going to be patient, and he's going to do what he can, and he's going to make his decision at the very last minute because he's trying to gather up all this information. He's learning just like we are about all these things going on in the world. So for me, I think he's done a great job at that. And for sure, for this Monday, coming Monday, I'm going to be very interested to see what he has to say and if any decisions are going to be made or maybe they be put off a little bit later. But for sure. He's done a great job to me so far, and I'm very interested to, what, see, to see what he has to say. He's Derek Duke. Derek, thanks so much, man. See you Monday. Thanks, Pete. Great stuff from Derek Duke. And final thoughts wrapping up the show next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Final few minutes on the show. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So some other big news this week, the NCAA allowing all FBS teams to start the season on August 29th. We already had news that the Big 12, at least Oklahoma, was going to move up uh, its Missouri State game from September 5th to August 29th. And the Big 12 and the NCAA said, sure, go ahead, uh, do it. And now it's going to be universal. And I think this is a really good move by uh, the NCAA. And that is a rare thing to say, right? When's the last time you said, hey, NCAA, great job by you guys. I mean, let's be honest. That's not something that you often say (laughs) talking about that organization. But we can say it right now because here's the thing, right? Like, look at what's happening in baseball. The Marlins had a bunch of positive tests. And people freaked out, and I understand it, but you also had 6,400 negative tests across baseball this week. So I'm more concerned about a single team, like having an outbreak, and then that team, you know, shouldn't be playing that weekend. So if you build in more bye weeks, it allows these games to be made up. And that's what I think the NCAA, the Big 12, and each one of these Big 12 teams should be looking for flexibility. That's what it's got to be about this season, creating as much schedule flexibility as possible. Because let's just say, like, who knows? OU could find itself in a position where maybe a bunch of guys test positive leading up to the August 29th date against Missouri State. Well, now they can move it back to September 5th, right? Now they can move it back a week. And they have the flexibility to do that. That's a good thing. And that's how they've got to be thinking here. That's what the thought process should be. Not just necessarily about, oh, my goodness, can we fit in 10 games, 12 games? 
set your schedule, whether it's, you know, 10, nine conference games, one non-conference, or try for a 12, but give yourself the flexibility that you need because that is going to be the key to getting this season in and to making this season happen. And I think that's something that we all are just desperate for right now. It feels good this week to watch baseball. Like, I'm, I'm a baseball fan, not like I'm a college football fan, but I'm a baseball fan. But right now, just any sport to me is an enjoyment to watch. You know, outside of soccer, I can't really get into soccer. I'm sorry. I can't do it, guys. But baseball, NBA, I can pass on the NBA. Baseball, I'll enjoy some golf. Uh, those things I can get in the mix on. Meantime, Iowa State, by the way, speaking of a schedule tweak, can't play Iowa, so now they've added Ball State to the schedule. Eh, I mean, you know, you wanted Cyhawk. I thought this was the year Matt Campbell was going to get over the hump. But um, outside of that, unfortunately, it's not going to happen because the Big Ten, the Big Ten is such a smart, uh, hoity-toity conference led by such geniuses that they think they should play a conference-only schedule. That means Iowa can play Rutgers, but Iowa cannot make the drive to play Iowa State. That makes sense. Way to go, Big Ten. Oh, you guys at Michigan. Uh, Ohio State, boy, you're just a bunch of uh, wizards, aren't you? Meantime, uh, the Big 12 also announced that it's planning a conference-only slate over 16 weeks. Now, this is not a done deal, but this report came from the Wall Street Journal that Bob Bowlesby has said the Big 12 is considering a conference-only slate that starts week zero and ends on December 12th, and that would be 10 to 11 games. Now, I don't get that. Like, I don't understand 10 to 11 games. Um... Because if you're playing one non-conference game, you can't play a conference opponent twice. That would be wildly unfair. Like, Texas has to play Oklahoma twice, but let's say Oklahoma State gets to play Kansas twice. I mean, that's not fair. So if you do it, you do it with 10 games, the round-robin conference schedule plus one non-conference, if you want to do it that way. But Bowlesby said the preference is still 12 games are scheduled. And I think that Bob Bowlesby has handled this thing incredibly well. I think the Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, has done as good of a job as anybody um, in college football in terms of leadership, in terms of, you know, letting the story and the data and the science play out, not making any early calls unnecessarily, like cough, cough, Big 10, Pac-12. He has just gone about this the right way, with a steady hand, methodically, and it has, I think, really been a, a darn good job. People always think about, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten leading the way and all these other things. And, you know, the Pac-12, you think of Larry Scott and, and whatnot. But Bob Bowlesby, he's not getting enough credit because there are people in sports media who, you know, I, I know this is, like, controversial right now. Everyone's talking about it. But there are absolutely people in sports media who are like, the world's going to end. We can't play sports. No sports. Oh, my God. Miami Marlins. They're out there, um, and they're not going to give Bob Bowlesby credit. They're not going to do it. But he has handled this thing up to date brilliantly and appropriately. And he has said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it a week by week. We want to get in 12 games. We want to get kids tested, make sure everybody is safe. But at the same time, we're not going to just start overreacting and panicking. And I appreciate that from Bob Bowlesby. And I hope you, as a Big 12 and college football fan, do as well. 
because he's not jumping to conclusions. He's not getting scared off by media members who are not doctors, not saying I am. I'm not. But I'm also not trying to scare the guy in the canceling uh, football in May, which a lot of people were doing. I just don't know how we get it in. I, I don't know how we play. And it's going to be very interesting to watch Bob Bowlesby in uh, Big 12 Media Days, or day, I should say, coming up on Monday, August 3rd. One day, virtually, by the way, we'll be covering it top to bottom on heartlandcollegesports.com. So be sure to be on the website on Monday morning. We will have a full uh, breakdown analysis of what is going on at Big 12 Media Days. You won't want to miss that. I promise you, you won't want to miss it. And then the podcast next week will recap Big 12 Media Day as well. I'm Pete Mundo. We are Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So we're getting closer, guys. We got Media Day on Monday, and then, of course, we've got a lot of season preview stuff coming up throughout the entire month, the entire month of August. It's going to be outstanding. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place, on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Please take a moment out before you hit the X button and leave us that rating, review, subscribe. It helps tremendously, and we've got Heartland College Sports koozies that we are, yes, giving away to you if you leave us a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.